chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. And we're going to start this morning in verse 16. And we are working through a series called Essential Oils. And uh, you, you may or may not, like again, we, last week you're like, wow, essential oils, I love those things. Well, not that kind of essential oils, a little different than that. It's the essential oil. And so we're talking about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We're going to begin reading today in verse number 16. It says, and he came to Nazareth. And this, of course, this he is Jesus, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. And as the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, he unrolled the scroll and he found the place where it, had, where it was written. It said this, and Jesus reads Isaiah here. And so he reads, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has what? Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So Jesus here says, the spirit of the Lord has anointed me. Now that word anointing, uh, a little review from last week, if you weren't with us, that word anointing is, today is kind of a church word. You don't hear it much outside of of the church, but when it started, and again back in these days, that was not just a church word, it was a normal word that, we, that they used in culture. This was a word uh, used to describe uh, what shepherds would do when they, when they poured oil upon their sheep's head and they rubbed it, and, and it was a sign of, of care. Uh, it was there to protect them, protect their heads, it kept them, them safe, it kept them in good health. And so this was a sign that these, that these sheep were cared for. And so God took a very complicated idea in what the Holy Spirit does in our lives when he enters our, our lives. God took this idea of, of anointing and he used this as an amazing illustration of what God does when Holy, the Holy Spirit comes in our lives. And so this explains this. It, it shows us what happens when the Holy Spirit is in the house. Amen? Now that by house, I mean the building or in us, and it's why the Holy Spirit, when uh, in the scriptures are off, is oftentimes referred to or compared to an oil. So the Holy Spirit's compared to an oil. Oftentimes, you'll find that both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And so we talked about that last week. We also talked about how we're all anointed. Every single believer, if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, if you if you know Jesus and have Him in your life. The word says you are anointed. Not, that's not someone else. That's not just something else. It's whatever. That's you. You're anointed. That's what God has called you to. Now, that does not mean that you have the same anointing as everybody else, right? We may have different levels or different anointings, but we're all anointed for something this morning. So that's kind of the call we walked through last week. And of course, the, the truth is, is that anointing and talent are two very different things, aren't they? When I was a kid, I had a couple talents. One thing that I was talented in is when I was, I mean, I don't know when I couldn't do this, but I've always been able to name, make, model, and almost approximate year of every car on the roads. And so I don't know when I, when I started. When did I start doing that, Mom? I mean, eight, yeah, just like this, always do that. And so I remember there would be, there'd be long road trips because I was a spirited kid. 
So I'd be the road trips, my mom would have me uh, like name cars off on the road, you know, and I know now she's trying to keep me quiet. So, uh, you, you know, so you would do that and everything. So, you, you know, that that's just was a talent. I always had that for some reason. I also um, had a talent for playing Tetris. So when other kids are Play, you know, playing basketball or practicing their shots or math or whatever. I'm playing Tetris in my basement, you know? So that shows you how, how important I was. But I was pretty good at Tetris. I, I always was from the beginning of time. And, and so I had friends when I was in high school would go and we'd play Tetris. and They would challenge me and I, I didn't lose because I had a talent for playing Tetris. I just, I just could. I was, I was good at it. I was not very good as an athlete. I, I did play sports in high school and, and, and ki- as a kid. Um, I, I could play, and I could keep up with, you know, the athletes, but I will be honest with you, I was not an athlete. I know my body and my physique today, you know, seems to disagree with that, but I was not a normal, natural athlete. And so um, I, I would try. I, I gave it my best. I really did. Uh, I'd give it my best, but I just wasn't, I wasn't a talented athlete. So, see, those were things I was talented with or I was not talented with. And so, so here... Jesus talks about uh, anointing, and church, anointing and talents are different. And, and here we have Jesus talking about and sharing his anointing. It, it shows that certain things will happen because of it. So he, he walks through this, this list of five things. He says that he will proclaim good news. Did Jesus do that? Yes, he did. Check. Uh, he, will, he, will, he will give liberty or, or freedom to captives. Now, if you're here today and Jesus has brought liberty in your life, raise your hand this morning. If he's done that in your life this morning, yeah, many of us, hands are raised all over this morning. Check. Jesus has done that. He has given sight to the blind. That was, of course, spiritual. You know, it's also a, a, a real thing. We know from the scriptures that Jesus gave sight to the blinds. And so did he do that? Yes, he did. Check. He set at liberty those who are oppressed. Did he do those things? Of course he did. And so check there. He proclaimed the year of the Lord's favor. That is an interesting, interesting uh, passage. I can't get into the depth of that. But I will tell you, Jesus did this too in incredible fashion. So check, 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 check. Five checks. Whatever. Jesus did all of these five things this morning. So, So the question comes, did Jesus do these because he was talented? Was Jesus the most talented life giver, the most talented freer of anyone that ever walked the earth? Was Jesus more talented at opening eyes than somebody else was? Now, I think you'll agree, if you're a believer this morning, you know that this is not a talent thing. This is an anointing thing. Jesus was anointed to do these things. And I would say, again, not just me, but what the scriptures teach us, he was anointed from this from way back when. And now they saw him in their presence fulfill this anointing. Church, there is power in anointing. There is power in anointing. There is power in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was anointed to do these things. Now, how do I know? Well, like a, like a teacher that gives you the answer to the test before you take it, it's right in the passage, right? He said, the Bible, the word here says, he was anointed to do these things. There's power in Jesus' anointing. There's so much power that when people touch the hem of his garments, they were healed, right? A few chapters later, in Luke chapter 6, we, 
we know this passage, it says, and the crowd sought to touch him for what? And, and say this with me today. For what? For power came out of him and healed them all. Some of you this morning need a miracle. Some of you today, you need healing, right? You need, you need to be healed. You need deliverance. You need financial healing. You need healing in your family. You need God to work in a tough marriage or a tough situation. Some of us this morning, you need clarity. You need direction. You need provision. You, you need to be, you are saved and you know Jesus, but you need to be reminded of how awesome he is. We need miracles in the house this morning. All these things are miracles today. Now, now think about this. Miracles don't just happen, right? It's not just a matter of, whoops, there's a miracle. This kind of happened out of, out of thin air. There it comes. That's not how it works. You know, it's not a matter of luck. It's not a matter of favorites. You know, some people think, well, if you're a pastor, God must love you more. And so he hears your prayers better and you get more miracles. That's not true. Okay. Uh, as a pastor, I will tell you that's not, that's not true. So some of you thought that. Well, you're wrong. I'll just be honest with this one. That's not how it works. You know, it's not some random order or, or matter of favorites. If you study the miracles in the, the scriptures and you study when Jesus did miracles, you'll find that oftentimes that what was connected with Jesus performing a miracle was that that miracle brought glory to the Father, right? He even said that oftentimes. He says, I do these things so that I can bring glory to the Father, of course, the ultimate glory to the Father is that they would understand that the Father sent Jesus and that he is the anointing, right? That he has it, that he has that kind of power. There's power, there's power in anointing. And people sought him out. They sought to touch him and virtue and power came out of him. Of course, what's, what's interesting about this is there's people all over the place, right? People in the crowd everywhere. There's there's, there's tons of people, and if you've been to the state fair before, you know as you walk down the, some of you love the state fair, some of you hate the state fair, and it's probably for similar reasons, right? There's a lot of people there, and, and there's a lot of food, but there's a lot of people there. And so you have walked down those aisles, and you look down, there's like this sea of people everywhere, right? And you're like, how many people can they cram into this place? Well, this moment would have been like that. Jesus was in the presence of many people. Many people touched him. So what, did, what made some people receive this, this power and some people didn't? Well, the passage here tells us, it says the crowd sought to touch him. And they, they, they sought him out. And so what happened is they do, they do this. A supply of power was drawn out of Jesus as the people who sought him sought him out. Church, there's enough supply in Jesus for healing, for breakthrough, for provision, for a home in crisis, for whatever it might be. There's enough, there's enough anointing in Jesus. Amen? There's enough there. But here's what happens sometimes. Now, I've been a believer for a long time now. I've been a believer for, for years, to be honest with you. And, and I know that a, a time when I was a kid, I, I kind of played church and such, but I came to Christ uh, really, as a senior in high school, and gave my life to him with all of my heart, wholeheartedly, was called to the ministry, and, and God did good things in me. And so those first few years of my, my, my walk with Jesus are exciting times. They're awesome. And I remember so often I had to depend on the anointing of the Holy Spirit. 
I, I had to walk that, and God was doing cool things. I was expecting. What happens sometimes is as we get longer in God, we, we know him better, our knowledge level starts to rise, our experiences start to rise, and our dependence on him has a way of shrinking when our knowledge rises, right? That's what happens sometimes. So we get to the place where we know a lot about God, and that's why we think God does things for us, because we know what to do is the right thing. Now, there's no question that knowing what to do is a good thing, but there cannot be, and there can never take away, it cannot be any kind of substitute for depending on the power of Jesus. The, the crowd sought to touch him, and virtue and power was drawn out of him. Think about this this morning. See, this, this text leads us to, to show us is that you don't get this power unless there is a demand placed on it. You got to listen this morning to Philippians chapter 1 verse 19. It says this, it says, for I know that this shall turn my, to my salvation through your prayer and the, the supply of the Spirit of Christ Jesus. Now that word supply there is really important. Now if you're following along with me in your Bible today, you may see, you're like, well, the word supply isn't in my, my translation. Where did you get this from? Well, this is the New King James Version. And again, many of our translations don't include the word supply here. And I will tell you today that, that it should because that is exactly what the original Greek language says. It actually has a word there. It's used two times in the entire New Testament. And it is a very specific, very important word. And the word is supply. It's used as a supply used to talk about a, a cash, so to speak, a, a supply, a, a, a reservoir. And so this speaks here that there is a supply, there is a cash, there is a reservoir of the Spirit in Christ Jesus. This see, church this morning, there's a supply of the Spirit in Christ Jesus. Amen? Many of us know this. Well, how do you get to this cash? How do you, supply, well, you have to put a demand on the anointing. I'm going to say something today, this morning. I, I, I'm going to say this not ashamedly. I'm going to say this as proudly. We are a church that believes in the Word of God. We believe in the Bible. We believe that God's Word is true. We believe Jesus is alive. He is, he is available. He is here. He is with us. We believe that God, through Jesus, performs miracles. People get set free, healed, and delivered. Amen? We believe that. I make no bones about that. Some say he doesn't do this anymore. I say baloney. He still does. He still performs miracles. Can I get someone to tell me amen this morning? Because that is important today. We have this kind of a savior. I make no apologies about this. And I would say and I believe that God can do something miraculous and God can do something incredible in every single life here today and next week, and then following week, and the following week, and the following week, and week after week after week. It, it can always be there. Why? Because there is a supply of power in the anointing of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I am not there yet. I don't know about you, but I'm not to the point in my life where I don't need God to work. You see, that's the sneaky problem that happens in our lives sometimes. We can come to church or come to the presence of God or come to whatever. And we come to this place, we kind of say, well, I'm going to do my things today. I'm going to go home. No, if we come expecting for God to work and expecting for God to do something big, well, the church, church this morning, there is power in his presence. But there has to be a demand 
placed upon his anointing. The anointing is an on-demand system. Now you're like, well, what does that mean this morning? The anointing is an on-demand system. That, that word demand sounds kind of, sounds kind of violent or it sounds kind of like demand. That sounds, that sounds demanding. I'm not sure I like that very much. But, but let me explain this. There, you're surrounded with on-demand systems. Your car is an on-demand system. Your car has enough horsepower. Well, maybe not your car, but, you know, if you had, if you had a, a, a Shelby Cobra, okay, that, trust me, there's enough power, enough horsepower in that car that you need, that's, that's all you'll need, right? There's enough there. But that car is not made just to look at, you put that car in, the, in your, your driveway or in your garage. You can shine it up. You can appreciate it. You can spit shine it. Whatever you want to do, that's, that's fun. That's, that's good. But you're never going to appreciate the power that's available to you until you take that car out of the garage and put your foot on the gas and put your hand on the, uh, the, the, the transmission. It should be a stick, by the way. I'm just saying this morning. Not an automatic. It should be a stick. You put your, your, your hand on that, that stick shift and you throw it first and you, you, you punch it and you, that's when the power comes, right? You should have that in first, second, first gear, second gear, third gear. You better bark them in fourth gear because it can. I mean, you're, you have that, that kind of horsepower available to you. You, you do. That's, but it's an on-demand system because it requires some action taken in order for it to be fully realized and seen. When I was a, 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 in college, I was, a, I was a valet, which was a good job for me because I was a car guy without a whole lot of money. And so I could drive all kinds of cool cars and get paid for it. And so we had a guy come in one time. He was a, a regular customer. And he came in with a brand new Ferrari F355. I got a picture of it right, right here. It looks just like that. That's not the car, but it looks just like the car. Uh, that's the same car it was. And back then, that was a crazy, amazing car. And we got to drive cool cars, but this car was like next level. And so I remember he's, he pulls in this day. And again, he's a, a regular customer. He pulls in, and me and my friend Ty, who was the, the manager, our, our mouths were like dropped from this water coming out. We're like, wow, look at that. You know, that's it's amazing. We, we drove cool cars, but never a Ferrari. And so the guy comes, he says, hey, you want to drive it? And we're like, that's funny. That's funny. He goes, no, I'm serious. You want to drive it? And we're like, that's funny. He goes, he goes, no. He goes, it's a rental. He says, I got it for the weekend. He goes, I don't care what you do with it. He goes, he goes take it out for a spin. He says, you should. He said, if you, if you crash it, I'll just tell him that I didn't know you took it out. Okay? So we had, didn't have this conversation. Take it out, he said. I'm not kidding. It, this really happened. So I looked at Ty, and we had a little, we had a little leaders or a, a manager's meeting. You know, and we said, should we? Yes, okay. All right, so we took off our, our, our uniforms and got in the car, and we took off. And it was awesome, right? It, it had all kinds of power. We're, we took and drove it around Lake Calhoun. Uh, we had, thought it would have power to get us a couple dates. It didn't. But it did get us looks. It did get us looks. And, and we're driving. It was, it was amazing. And see, that car had all the power we needed. But, again, we had to put our feet on the gas. Because that car is an on-demand system. You can sit in traffic, which we did for a little bit, in the car, although it has the potential to go fast, and believe me, it went fast. Uh, I won't say how fast, but it went fast. It, it went fast. That car had the potential, but as we sat in traffic and sat sitting around, it didn't have that a chance because we sat there because the car is an on-demand system. 
Church, the anointing is an on-demand system. See, that's what, that's what that passage leads us and shows us that how it, it works. You may not feel that you are anointed. You may wake up in the morning and say, I don't know, God. I don't know what's going on. See, that's the beauty of the anointing. The anointing is an on-demand system. And, and my, my last thing this morning, I, I have here with me today a, a the, the last kind of on-demand system is the oldest kind of that we'll talk about today. It's an old-fashioned pump. And, and I remember as a kid growing up and going to camp uh, up, in, up in Lake Placid, we had to use these, uh, these, these things to get our water out. And this is, this is the ultimate on-demand system because this, uh, this, this pump, if not, of course, where it's not right now, but it, if this was outside, it would be connected to a long, uh, long hose, a long tailpipe, and that tailpipe would go down into the water uh, table. And that's, this, this water hose, this, or this, this pump, would, 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 would work if you used your hands to make it happen. You, you do this, and you put pressure. You, you do this because this is an on-demand system. This pump, this, this item has all the power that I need to get water that I need to have to live on. But if I don't do something to activate it, well, then nothing is going to happen. You see, church, this is why this is valuable for us today in this church. Because many of us live our lives in such a way that we know that there's power in the presence of God. But we live as if there isn't because we have not put demand on the system. Church, God has called us to live like that. That when you are in a difficult time, you don't go to yourself and your own abilities. You go to the cross. You go to the anointing and say, God, I need you. And you put pressure on the system. And the more pressure you work, the more things you do, God blesses that kind of thing because when people came and sought Jesus, they drew power out of him. Church, that's not just there for fun. That is there to illustrate a deep, important truth. As the band comes forward this morning, church, we, are, we put a demand on his anointing. When? Number one, we pray with faith. Real quickly this morning, I want to talk about that. We pray with faith. We, we pray, trusting God that a situation will come through. We put demand on this, the anointing. We pray in faith. You might have a situation today that you need help in. Church, I encourage you, pray with faith. Don't get away from that basic. Don't get away from the place where you say, I don't know if I need you. Lord, I put demand on the system. I put demand today on your, your anointing. God, I trust you for this thing. We, 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 we demand we, when we pray with faith. Number two, we put demand on his, on his anointing when we walk on his words. Not walk with the word, but walk on his word. Church, God will call you to things sometimes when you serve and follow him that don't always make sense. Church, that's when you come and you put the demand on the system and say, Lord, I do this because you have called me to do this. I put that demand on the system and expect that when I put my hand to the pump, that what will come up there is what you promised to come up there. Lord, that is the oil, the anointing, the spirit that I need to have in my life. We proc on his words. Amen? I, I have a friend of mine who's a church planter who recently put this into action. 
God called him to give a $100 bill and an offering to, at some point. And this is a, a long story. I won't tell the story, but God called him on this to do this. And, and he's a church planner. He doesn't have a whole lot of money. And so he was struggling with this. But since God's direction, he does this thing. And the other day, he puts on his Instagram account, uh, he took a picture of a $100 bill. And he found flying through the parking lot at a grocery store. He said, this is like the fourth or fifth one I found in this last week. He said, he said, you can never outgive God. Now, I don't tell you that today so that to get you to give, you, get, you make more money, okay? That's not what I'm saying, okay? Not at all. But what I am saying is when you walk on God's word, when you do what God's called you to do, he will not be outgiven. He will not be outpaid. Church, it's time for us to put a demand on the anointing and trust him over ourselves. We, bring, we put a demand on his anointing when we work and live to bring him glory. Jesus showed us this. If you will live your life for this purpose, you will see God do some incredible things in your life. What if you walked into Walmart next week and you were walking through the store and God put some on your heart to pray for and you prayed for them and you did and God did something incredible in that person. See, it's not about you, it's about what God calls you to. And I'm not saying you should, I'm not saying this, 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 it's a machine. I'm just saying that you got to live what God calls you to do and you got to put that above everything else. What kind of glory would God get if right in the middle of Walmart, in the, in the bread aisle, that God, did you put your hand on someone just said, I'm going to pray for you. Not weird, okay? I'm not be weird. Put your arm around the shoulder. I'm going to pray for you. And God did something miraculous in them. The glory isn't yours. It's God's. But that's pretty fun, isn't it? See, that's revival lifestyle that God's called us to live. We live for his glory. We get some cool things to happen in our lives, too. And last one, we, we live to make much and expect much of him. Would you stand across this room today? When we come to expect much of him, bow your heads, close your eyes. We put a demand on the system when we expect much of God. Is he able? See, I think it's possible that those who touched his garments might have said before that point they might have said I don't know I'm not sure what's going on but I got to get to Jesus and I got to I got to get to his presence I got to touch I got I got to get there and they expected much of Jesus are you expecting much of God because he has the power right he has the the, the ability he has, he has all of those things. If people can be touched, healed by touching his garment, I mean, come on. You, you know, why don't we live our lives expecting much of him? Will it always work out like you expect? No. Will you pray and ask God to heal you and he doesn't always happen? Yes. Will God sometimes call you to trust him and you do it and nothing happens? Sure, at times it happens. Does that happen sometimes? Yes. But what if we say, God, that's not the point. Lord, I want to live my life. Lord, putting my hand to the plow, putting my hand to the pump. And Lord, live my life expecting much out of you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I lean on your anointing. Lord, I lean on you to do this in my life. Lord, I lean on you and trust you, Lord God. And Lord, may it never be said of any of us today, Lord Jesus.
that we have not come to expect much of you. Amen? That's our call. That's our purpose. Oh, church, come on, somebody, this morning. Put your hand in the air this today, and let's trust God for this. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, church, even right now, if you're a believer, if you love Jesus, I want you to pray. If you know how to pray the Spirit, pray the Spirit. If you pray this morning, I want to encourage you to pray. If I could have the, the prayer partners come forward this morning and be prepared to pray for those today that might ask for it today. There is blessing. There is power in the anointing. But I'll tell you today that the overarching thing, it's not in your anointing. There's power in his anointing. That's why he said when he read that word, he rolled up the scroll until all these things have been done in your vision today. And his anointing is enough. And I know I'm talking to people this morning. Some of you are like, this is all new to me. I don't know anointing. I, I, don't, I don't get this. I, I never, I don't have any, sh any sheep. I, I'm not a shepherd. But I want to encourage you today to let God speak in your life. Again, heads, heads bowed, eyes closed, hands raised. Let's be praying this morning. Jesus, would you speak today? Lord, we trust in you. There's power in your anointing. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, Man, this is your chance today. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want to have you repeat after me. And I want to see, I mean, let's all do this this morning to help that person out today. But if that's you today, if you have say, I don't know Jesus, this is step one for you this morning. This is the first step. There will be more steps you'll take, trust me, but this is number one this morning, to give your life to him. We're going to pray. I would ask you to repeat after me. And when you do this morning, if you have not given your heart to Jesus, mean it with all your heart. Lord Jesus, I need you. I give you my life. I give you my heart. From this point forward, I'm yours. I'm sorry for what I've done. Forgive me. Clean me. Make me brand new. For the rest of my life, I'll live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said amen. Give God glory this morning. Church, come on, somebody. Heads, heads bowed, eyes closed still this morning. Because now I talk to everybody here this morning. Because I've learned something about God's presence. I've learned something about walking with Jesus as long as I have. And that... It's easy to lose sight of this truth. Every single day, I have to learn, I have to hear from God, and every single day, I need a miracle. And both those two things are synonymous, and both those two things work together. Sometimes that miracle is when I get up in the morning, and I'm not, I'm not excited to face the day. I need God to raise me up. I need God, I need a miracle because I need to walk into to a store some play and God needs to use me. There are times when what I, my best effort is just not enough. There are times when I feel God's presence. There's times when I don't. 
There's times when things are good and times when things are bad. I mean, there are all those kind of things. And every single day, I need to hear God's voice and I need a miracle. And some of us have gotten accustomed to living without that kind of a lifestyle. And you this morning, I'm talking to you today. I want to encourage you to turn away from that and start expecting from God to lean on His anointing. But to do that, you got to put hand to the because His anointing is an on-demand system. And you've lived for so long and put no demand on Him because you know everything. And you're doing pretty good. You can live like that for a season. But it's not life. It's not deep. It's not there. And you know it's not. You need Jesus this morning. I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing over all of us today. And, and we're going to sing a song. As we do, I want to encourage God, just you, you, you to let God speak into your life. You want God to do something. Man, these people are here. They'll pray with you. They'll walk with you through this. But I want to encourage all of us right now to let God speak something into our lives. The Spirit is a... The, 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 the spirit, the, the, the anointing is an on-demand system. It's time you put some demand on him. Jesus, we put our hands to the plow. We put our hands to the pump. We, whatever you want to say this morning, God, we, we place this on you, Lord Jesus. We come expectant this morning. That you can do something in us. That might be a healing. Lord, that might be someone who needs to be healed or, or that might be someone who needs to be set free. That might be a, a, an incredibly difficult scenario that, Lord, is going to, at, going to end difficult and we feel our hearts and our lives drawn down because of it. And the miracle, Lord, is to not walk through this tough thing, to walk through that unscathed because you are God and you are big and you are strong. And, Lord, we put demand on you and trust you for big things. You come through. Jesus, we give you this this morning. God, minister. God, speak. Our ears are open. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God keep you. May his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. This altar is open. If you want to come spend time with God, you want healing, whatever else, we'll pray. We'll pray to the last person's gone. If not, God bless you. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you again next Sunday.